Hi there, Heidi Higgins here. You are listening to K-12 on Learning. Schooling at home is not an easy experience. It involves a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving bodies. The parent or learning coach is at the very epicenter of everything that takes place. It can be a very challenging time. It helps if you have some tips and some tricks to help along the way. So in this episode, we welcome Haley Halloran-Clark. Haley is a learning coach for her own children, and she helps advise learning coaches across K-12 on our coach-to-coach sessions as part of the K-12 Learning Coach Programming. Today, Haley shares tips gathered from her experience, and she shares how she was taught by other learning coaches how to make the public school at home life much more successful. Thanks for joining us. My name is Haley Halloran-Clark, and I have been a learning coach now for 13 years with Ohio Virtual Academy. So some of the tips I'm sharing with you are from personal experiences or ones my fellow learning coaches have shared with me. So again, we are going to cover some tips and tricks for learning coaches. They should help you even if you're a brand new learning coach or returning learning coach. So the biggest tip that I can offer you guys is to stop comparing yourself to other learning coaches, other students, or anything along that line. You don't want to compare your work area, your school area, to other learning coaches because you're going to develop what works best for you. And please don't compare yourself to other our learning coaches, everyone handles things a little bit differently based on their family. So one of the biggest mistakes I made at the very beginning of the school year when we first started was going, oh my gosh, they're doing this with their kids. I need to do that with my child. Or their kid is further along than mine. What's going on? What am I doing wrong? Turns out I wasn't doing anything wrong. Our kids were just learning at different paces because kids are different. So don't make sure you don't compare yourself to other learning coaches. And if you're in any of the national Facebook groups, definitely don't compare yourself to other learning coaches because each school has different ways to handle things. And so that way, if a learning coach is saying, hey, my student's doing this and your students haven't gotten there yet, that's because your school's handling it just a little bit differently. So the biggest thing and the best thing I can suggest is to never compare yourself to each other. And that's just not as learning coaches. We know how that is as parents and other family members. We just, we're happier if we don't compare ourselves. The only thing that you should compare yourself to is the person that you were the day before. So we can always improve from ourselves from the day before and how we did and just keep moving forward. The other tip is that every starts with you as a learning coach. And I mean everything. I know that sounds a little overwhelming, right? <laughs> a lot of it on your shoulders. But you as a learning coach will set the tone for the school day. You'll set your students' attitude to how they feel about using this online school this year. And when you set the tone, you'll help control your students' mindset for the day. And so what I mean by all of that is if you go in to start your school day and you're like, guys, come on, we have to go start this up. We have to go start a lesson. And your student's going to feel like that. And that's just not fun, right? For me, if I walk in to my kids and I say, hey, guys, we get to start school now. Let's go. This is going to be awesome. What new things are we going to learn? They tend to respond that way. They tend to look at their schoolwork in a more positive light. They want to enter their live class connect sessions and they're more engaging during this session. Just keep in mind, that's not going to be every day. <laughs> it is school and most kids sometimes rebel back and they don't want to do school and that's okay. We all have off days. But if you can keep a positive attitude, that is the key to have a smoother school day. Another thing I would also suggest that starts with you is to include your students in any decisions that they are allowed where they can have some valuable input, like conversations about how to set up your school area, conversations about what really works for them. So maybe you decide that you guys are going to start off your day with a family breakfast and your student says, that's really not working for me. I, I would like an extra 15 minutes of sleep and to have a quick breakfast or maybe your student decides they don't want a quick breakfast. They would like to have a longer time. So if you let them have, let them have some input on that conversation, they will feel included 
and they will want to come to you with anything that they need. And again, since you're the learning coach, that's the best place for them to go. Another thing I want to point out is self-care. And just like that first photo says, self-care is not selfish. I think sometimes we fall into that trap thinking if we're doing anything for ourselves, we're doing something wrong. We feel a little bit guilty because instead of doing something for ourselves, we could go ahead and do something else for our children. That's not going to work. I promise you, I quickly became burnt out as a new learning coach because I decided to do everything for everyone. That's just not healthy. If you do not take care of yourself as a learning coach, you will not be able to be the best learning coach possible for your kids. They get, since it starts with you, it'll start the downward trickle or where everyone will have a poor attitude and then more than just your school life will suffer. So that's why it's important to practice some self-care, but it does look different for each person. So self-care could be pausing at the desk, giving yourself a little tiny hug and just taking a breather. Close your eyes and focus on something positive. That is one thing you could do and that's just a quick, what, two-minute thing to do? Or maybe your self-care care is requesting help from your kids and other family members with things like laundry. (laughs) And I promise during the first few weeks of school, you might need to let some of those things slide to give yourself some self-care, but it's okay. Laundry will still be there. You can go back and complete it at a different time, but don't be a superhero. And again, that's kind of what I meant about burnout. Don't be a superhero and do it all. Make sure you schedule time to take care of yourself. Make sure you schedule time to show your kids how to help you do some of those chores. And don't feel guilty about you are teaching them a very important life skill when you include them in things like laundry or cooking or meal prep, anything along that line. You also want to teach your kids how to appreciate the importance of self-care. So you want to model that. You want to show them if you're stressed, something that you can do to help take care of yourself. And then if you notice they're stressed, say, hey, maybe it's time to practice a little self-care and then talk to them about what would work for them. Some learning coaches, self-care, like I said, could be the hug or requesting help and other chores. But for others, it could be something where they just need time alone. Like for example, my self-care is getting up about half an hour before my kids and sitting outside, drinking some tea and watching the sunrise. I know you're probably thinking, but there's so much I could do with that extra half an hour. But the best thing that you can do is to take care of yourself. What is something that you can do? Practice some self-care. Is it reading a book? Making sure you have time for hobbies? Listen to podcasts? That is a good one. For me, I like to schedule some time during the day to focus on some of my hobbies. I want to make sure I don't lose myself completely in the learning coach role. And I want to make sure I don't lose myself in my mother role as well. So some people say exercise, meditating, going outside, reading, workout. Yes, making time for exercise is pretty important. You want to make sure you include your children. You get up one hour early to have coffee and just relax. You remember self-care doesn't have to be long. It could be just a two-minute thing or it could be as long as you need. And I noticed that I started practicing some self-care right in the middle of the day. Especially when my kids are littler, I would just need a little break. And to be truthful, sometimes that was sneaking a piece of chocolate in the other room away from them. (laughs) may not have been the most healthy self-care, but it's what I needed. Aromatherapy, coffee, there's a different kind of self-care you might want to practice. And that is saying no. (laughs) If you're anything like me, you might feel like you need permission to be able to tell people no. And that is because you're putting your family and school first. You want everyone to understand that school is very important for your children. You want them to receive the best educational possible. And that means that you, the learning coach, might have to say things, say no at different times. One of the biggest things I notice about saying no is telling people you're not available to run errands for them during the day or to babysit, anything like that because this is school time. I like to tell my relatives that they can't stop by my child's school and go into their math class and just start talking to them. (laughs) The school probably found a little bit on that. So just like in the brick and mortar school, they can't do that in my home. They 
stop by and just talk to them while they're in a live class next or working on lessons. Because we're trying to show my kids that school is very important. It is hard to say no, and I need to be truthful. I wasn't very good at that at the beginning. And I noticed things started slipping, like we weren't able to finish all our schoolwork because someone would randomly stop by and we felt like we had to visit with them. One of the ways I solved that problem was I actually put a note up on our door. And our note said, if the sign is up, we are, we're in school hours, please do not knock and just go ahead and leave a text message for us and we'll return it when we are finished with school. Now, I did put that up because we had neighborhood kids that would constantly knock on our doors because they wanted to go ahead and play with our kids, but we weren't quite finished with school yet. So if I put that up, eventually they learned not to knock. Knocking in my house caused my kids to lose focus and then their battles would start for schoolwork. I would have to almost feel like I was battling them and forcing them to complete their schoolwork when really they just wanted to go and visit with the person that was knocking on the door, whether it was a family member or if it was one of the neighborhood kids. So you can do whatever works for you. Maybe a sign up. Maybe you have an alarm system that you can speak through to let them know. I wouldn't suggest doing that too often because my kids would go, hey, and they would want to wave to the person on the screen. <laughs> so make sure you come up with some kind of rules. I have talked to a couple learning coaches that sent the list out of rules to their family members through an email. So that way everyone's on the same page. They would say things like, during 8 to 3, we are completing school lessons. So please don't call, please don't email, please don't randomly stop by. So I thought a lot of learning coaches did something similar to that and it seemed to help them. I tried it, but I had one family member that couldn't understand that. <laughs> and another thing I did was I brought them in and showed them that we have live class connect with our teachers. I showed them our school schedule and that sort of helped them. Um, no mother-in-law allowed. <laughs> that might have been the main reason that I had my sign up. <laughs> Oh, that, that made me giggle. I'm sorry. That was funny. Yes, I did make my own sign because I would change it up based on the seasons and school time. So in the beginning of the year, our days were longer, so I even put the times up there. And the other reason I had the sign because there was times maybe that my students would school later in the evening, and that's not usual school time. So if that sign was up, the neighborhood kids, and hopefully my family members would respect that time. Another thing that you might want to do as part of your self-care and saying no is to turn off your phone. And if you're like me, I can't completely do that, but I turn off the ringer and I put it in Bath. We have a basket in our kitchen where everyone's phones, tablets, and for my family, game controllers go. That helped my kids see that I was serious about school, so I put my phone away so they should do the same thing. And that put a different vibe. Can it stop me from checking like Facebook and other social media? <laughs> and I wouldn't respond to people because I didn't know they sent messages asking for me to babysit during the day. That was a big one for me. Have a basket or something that you can put your phones, tablets, and game controllers, things like that. Any kind of distraction away from your school area. And that's distractions for you as a learning coach, but also for your children. People don't understand that it is basically public school at home. And they need to give the same respect to the, our teachers online as they would to a brick and mortar school. And that's how I explained it as well. Feeling a little bit more confident that you can say no and not feel guilty about it. Know that you're putting your students first and you're showing them that school is very important and that they're very important as well. I wish someone would have told me in the very beginning that to say no and to feel great about saying no, to set those limits and boundaries for your family members and for your kids. And what a great way for your kids to see that you're setting boundaries so they can develop that lifestyle set boundaries as well. It can be hard getting your kids to log in and do their work and take care of all their uh, needs every day. For us, we just 
focus on a schedule. Another great tip is to have a daily schedule. For us, we develop our daily schedule at the beginning of each school year, and then we tweak it throughout the first three to four weeks until we figure out what works best for us. So you would think after 13 years, we'd have a solid plan ready to go, right? It just doesn't work that way. Your kids develop and they change over the years and through the school year as well. But also for our Metro Learning Coaches, we still deal with new schedules, um, like Class Connect schedules, new teachers, new grade levels, things like that. So we have to develop our plan at the beginning of each school year. Since we have to give ourselves like three to four weeks to fully adjust, we suggest the same for brand new learning coaches. It wouldn't be much different for you as well. On our daily schedule, we actually do hang it up in our school areas on a dry erase board. We write down the times of our live class connect, and then we list when we're going to take our breaks and complete lessons around those live class connect times. That really helps us, but I even list our breaks on there and when we're going to complete our chores. My kids don't appreciate the chore part, but <laughs> it makes sure that we get everything done for the day. That way we're not feeling like school stretched out for the whole day or we don't end the day where we feel like we are left with so many household responsibilities. It's all completed because we scheduled it. Now, some families like to have a daily schedule with the times listed for everything where other families only list their class connect times and they have a schedule, but they move through it more in a routine based way. So what I mean by that is maybe they just write down math and they know they work on math after their math class connect, but they don't move on to their art lesson until they're finished with the math class connect. They don't put the time restrictions on there. You'll figure out what really works best for your children. And what I noticed is I have one of my kids that really needed to have the daily schedule filled out with the times listed. For my other child, she needed more just a routine flow. That helped her. So you'll see that you can kind of customize it to each one of your kids. Yeah, you might not know when your class connects are. And even after you start, they might adjust a little bit as the school gets to know your student and their needs. So one of the other things I have found helpful and I'm a big advocate for is meal planning. And that sounds kind of silly to talk about meal planning during a school session, but there's a reason. Not only are you learning coaches where your responsibilities are focused on your students during the day, but you're still the person in the house that probably creates a meal plan or helps someone else. And at the end of the school day, you may not feel like having to focus on that. It's easier to go ahead and handle it over the weekend, plan out your whole week. We actually plan our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's just one less thing I have to think about. And what I do with that is I even start to meal prep ahead of time. So we do our shopping on Sundays in my family. And then when I come back, I go ahead and meal prep. So I already have my schedule laid out. I can do things like pre-pack their lunches. That is something my family does for the first few weeks of school every year. We pack a lunch just like we would if my kids went to a brick and mortar school. So it's already ready to go in the fridge and they can just grab it when it's their time to eat lunch. Or not all my kids' um, lunch times always matched up. So it's nice that it was already ready to go. I knew that they were going to eat something healthy and they didn't have to focus any time on prepping that meal. They could use their whole lunch time to be away from the screen and just eat and relax. One of the big things I like to do is bulk cooking. So another learning coach suggested, this is what they said. They make one meatloaf by making four and then freezing three of them to use later on. They also do that with lasagna. So they'll go ahead and make a batch of it. So they'll make three lasagnas at once and then just freeze two of them for later on. This takes time. This takes your cooking time out of prepping it. You only have to put it in the oven later on, which is really nice. And then you can wash your dishes for batch items all at once rather than having to do that three or four times during the week. That's a little silly, but it is a big lifesaver for me. <laughs> I like to do as much cooking as I can on Sundays. Like I make a whole bunch of pancakes and I freeze those so my kids can pull them out for each morning for breakfast. And I really like doing that with muffins. Muffins are kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> if you involve your kids in that cooking, not only does it um, create some good family memories, but it also creates some um, educational experiences that you can kind of sneak in there for the younger kids about measuring and then older kids about following a recipe and changing the amounts and that's kind of a little 
little bit of math in there, just different things like that. And then again, you're teaching them a very valuable life skill on how to cook, how to plan their day out so they can have time for that, just things like that. And when you let your kids be involved with that, sometimes the picky eaters will actually eat something that they normally wouldn't because they tried it. Another learning coach said that they do once a month cooking instead of once a week, and they plan their meals out for the whole month, and then they buy all the ingredients in large amounts, and they cook and prep multiple meals all at once and put them in their freezer. So since it's already made, that their families can go ahead and pull it all out um, the day before, the night before, so it's ready to go. She said that she also would do things like create an assembly line with her family so they can be together. So they would make like five pounds of ground beef, and then they would divide it up like one person was focusing on taking their part of the pound, of five, the one pound and the five pounds to make chili. Then another one was focusing on making sloppy joes or casseroles. So that's one of the things that they did. Um, my family, I let them I let them come into the kitchen and be involved. I really like doing it on my own. That's kind of my self-care time where I'm alone and I usually crank up the music and I just have a blast prepping. So there's many different websites that you can use to help you with your meal prepping and you can come up with a, pretty, a lot of good ideas. But at the end of the day, when we're completely finished with our lessons, especially those first few weeks, the days are a little bit longer. I like having everything sorted out. So that way I don't have to worry um, about doing anything because I kind of drain, to be very honest. I do abuse my poor crock pot and my instant pot, things like that. Those really help. And I really like that sometimes during lunch, I can go ahead and have one of my kids help me cut up the vegetables to put in the crock pot or things like that. Another thing I use for our daily schedule are the online schedule, the online school to help me fill that out. But I like to use different kind of planners. So I don't just print it off. I have a lot of different offline planners I've tried over the years to help me with that. But I also use the K-12 app a lot. I was going through an update and now it's a lot more user-friendly. So if you want to use that, you can keep an eye on your student schedule. You can see what lessons are due without having to sit down to a computer. So for me, that is great because at night, sometimes I pull that up and just double check everything right before we have a little meeting. So in our house, we have a check-in meeting where my students sit down with me and we go over everything for the day, make sure they turned in everything. If they have any questions, we can go over that. That works well for my family because my kids are a little bit older. When they were younger, I was sitting right next to them. So I would know, but we still have that small check-in time just to see how they were feeling about school and if there's anything that they would like to suggest that we change during our for our routines during the day or our schedule and so one of the last the tips i can offer is to use mood boosters and to take breaks i think sometimes we focus on going through and the day and just spiraling through and getting everything done then we don't remember that our kids are still kids. They want to have fun. They need breaks. The best break is away from a screen that we found over the years and doing something more physical. I have one child that would love to go out and play basketball during their break, but the other child just needed more quiet time away from the screen, sitting down outside and just relax. So things like that would help them. Mood boosters, we don't schedule those. I just have a list that I go through and I pull something off that list when I see my kids just need a quick break where you can see maybe they're a little frustrated with their spelling list or maybe they're frustrated with a project they're working on and they just need to refocus their brain. So in my house, one of the things that we do is ice cream dance party. <laughs> That's just not something that you have to do with little kids. You can also do that with older kids. I do it with my teens. I enjoy those eye rolls a little bit. <laughs> but they do get up. I put on their favorite song and it's nice to have that set amount of break. They know they can get up, we can dance for their song and when the song's finished, we can go back to our school lessons. That really helps them refocus and it's a little bit of that extra energy. So you can come up with your own list of mood boosters. We do have a running list going on in the Facebook group. So make sure you look for that post and see what other people are suggesting. One of the things for mood boosters for my kids when they were little were they liked a fun pencil. So sometimes I seriously just swap out a pencil and when they're little, 
you can't be sad. <laughs> it's important to them when you're using a fun pencil or give them a sticker to tell them they're doing a good job. Another mood booster is to change your locations or the room that you're working on. For like older kids or the room you're working in, not on, for older kids, I found it helpful to take them to the library or to a coffee shop where they can work on lessons quietly. And during the day, it's a nice bonus because those are usually empty because most kids are in brick and mortar schools. A little different right now with everything going on, but as things suggest, you might find that something you can use later on. Another big one in my house was we decided to make lunch a picnic. So we do it. Just take a blanket outside, throw it on the ground and have our picnic there. Or on rainy days when everyone was just a little extra gloomy, we would do that right on our living room floor. I would put on some like tropical music sometimes and our, our lunch would be more of a tropical theme. <laughs> and even one year, my kids pulled out their swimsuits and we made it like a beach theme in our living room just for lunch. Let me tell you, they love that and their attitudes were so much better and they were able to get through their school day. And then that spilled into our family time in the afternoon and evening. Everyone was just a lot happier. School didn't feel like such a... um I don't want to say a downer because that sounds so horrible, but you know how it is sometimes on those rainy, gloomy days, right? <laughs> While you're taking these mood breakers, you are mood boosters. Also, when you take your breaks, you might want to use a timer. And that timer can be anything from a, like a Google Home Mini to your phone to the microwave, especially for older kids because they tend to forget their on break. <laughs> and you want to make sure that they come back to take their live class connects or join them in time and just complete their lesson. And you, the learning coach, you need breaks as well. If you see that you're getting frustrated, rather than showing your students that you're completely frustrated, and believe me, there are times you are going to feel frustrated, walk away. Take a break to gather your thoughts and emotions. Show your kids how to correctly handle those frustrations. If you walk away and take a moment, then you can see that your kids won't pick up on that as much. And they are watching you at all times, and they're seeing how you handle things. So please set a great example for that. Another suggestion is to walk away in nature if you can. If you guys can go out and take a quick break and walk outside, the slower sounds of nature and the sunlight are good for emotions and health. I like to go on a walk each day. It just refocuses me. I live in a city, so there's not a lot of nature sounds, but it's just nice to be outside and have some fresh air. Make sure you do reach out for, for support from your friends when you need to take a break. Maybe for you, that break is calling your best friend and just venting for a second. And then going back to schoolwork. <laughs> um, my poor best friend can tell you I've done that a lot to her. <laughs> I've called up. She knows what's going on. I just talked to her for a moment. And we reassure each other because she's also a learning coach. And then we go back to our school day. So it's just little things you can do there. And speaking of support, there's different ways that you can reach out for support from other learning coaches and share your tips and tricks with them. We do offer a Facebook group just for brand new learning coaches. That's called New K-12 Learning Coaches. Pretty simple thing to figure out, right? Also, we have a more laid-back group called the K-12 Learning Coach Cafe. Think of a coffee shop where you would just meet with your friends and discuss things like school, but also the outside part of your life, like meal prepping and giving each other ideas and sharing recipes. Or maybe you need ideas on how to entertain a toddler. That's the kind of group that is. So go ahead and join that if you'd like. And this is open to new and veteran learning coaches. And for middle school and high school learning coaches, we have a special group just for you. Sometimes your concerns are just a little bit different than the elementary grades. So we heard that you guys wanted a group and we developed one for you. So when you request to join the group, there are three questions. And the last question is going to ask you for your email that you use for your school or the code that you received during the live session. They do make sure that everyone that's requested to join these three groups are actual learning coaches. So it's a safe place for us to talk. We do offer some sessions to help you. Coach Associates, the Learning Coach Cafe, 
is a sister to that Facebook group where we, we talk about things that the learning coaches are expressing concerns about or we share our big wins to talk about the same things we talk about during the Area Side the Cafe session. These are live sessions where we have the mic on, we have the chat open, and learning coaches can just communicate communicate with each other in a form connection. And if you're brand new, you might want to take one of the walk-to-class sessions, like the online school sessions, or they walk through the live demo of the school site, or the Set for Success, where they just show you how to have a successful school year. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. To learn more about K-12's tuition-free public online schools, the Destinations Career Academies, or the international and private school options, go to k12.com. We invite you to subscribe so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.